Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sneak attack. (laughs) That was great. Okay, yeah. Welcome, lovely listeners, to Dead and Lovely, your new favorite horror movie review podcast. Here with your main men, I'm good old Uncle Ben. Who's that on the other end of that Skype line there? Well, it's Hollywood Steven's Ratling. Oh, Hollywood Steve. How are you doing out there in them Hollywood Hills this week? I'm just eating uh, gold-plated caviar. (laughs) So I'll tell you what, you guys. This is yet another episode featuring an introduction from Ben and Steve from the future. That's something we didn't tell you guys right up front here, but we are currently residing in the future. The rest of this episode will take place in the past. As as you uh, avid listeners will know, we actually started recording this podcast uh, sometime last year to try to build up a backlog yeah. of episodes. Only amateur hour Eller audio kind of fucked up a bunch of the audio <laughs> and audio, so we had to re-record a bunch of them. But this one, I managed to salvage pretty much all of the audio. Which is our, good, because it's a good episode. It's got some coolness in there. So this is our episode where we review um, The Witch, which is one of our favorite horror movies. Yeah. Um, really, from this side of the millennium. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. flick. And we uh, where this episode is going to pick up is with us talking about our personal uh, real-life close encounters with witchcraft, which are, which are pretty <laughs> fantastic. This episode, you know, listening through it, cleaning up the audio and stuff like I did, I'll tell you, it's, it's a really in-depth episode. Um, me and old Steve Arena really care very deeply about this movie, so we cover it pretty deeply, but there's a lot of information here about uh, witches through history and witchcraft and so on, and also some really... Steve, you had some really cool insights, especially about the very end of this movie and some of the ideas of what it represents and kind of a, an interesting parallel to uh, Christianity in a lot of ways. Really, really cool stuff. I can't disagree with you, Ben. Hey. I um, things I tend to say tend to be cool. I mean, it's hard not to be cool. <laughs> well, when you're Hollywood Steve, you're kind of always yeah. on cool. What's yep. cooler than being cool? Hollywood Steve. Ice cold. Oh yeah, Hollywood Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original lyrics. Well, let yeah. me let me ask you, Hollywood Steve, because it, it's been probably about five or six months since we recorded this original yeah. episode. Have your perceptions of this movie? changed or or have you had any other insights about it or raised any other questions i man i have (laughs) i actually watched it again recently and there there is so much going on with uh the use of light Mm -hmm. and uh uh really uh anya taylor joy's close-ups um almost all of them there's a there's a shadow cast over one side of her face really uh yeah Hmm. unless it's you know unless it's when they're outside in that like gray sort of lighting whenever it's inside there's this shadow sort of cast over her face which uh you know so it leads to that idea that maybe she is she has these two sides an evil side and a good side but um you know i there's so much going on in that movie. I wouldn't want this intro to get too long. Right, right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I watched it again a couple of weeks ago, and it's probably about the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie now. And uh-huh. even knowing it inside and out, 
I still, man, like at the very end of that movie, I still feel completely unnerved and I don't want to be just... awake in the house by myself. I think the end of this yeah. movie is one of the most unsettling, just disturbing movies. It's so great. Yeah, one of the most <laughs> disturbing endings of a movie I've about ever seen. It just, even knowing the, it's coming, music, it makes me feel terrible. That music just climbs up your spine. It's so good. It's so it's good. awesome, man. Now, I'll ask you a question about this. Yeah. All right. And this is just kind of a random one that, that I thought of the other day. So our main characters in this movie, of course, are settlers coming to the new world and so on, right? Yeah. Okay. Those witches, where did they come from and how long have they been there? And why did they go to the new world and become witches? <laughs> I, I, I said, yeah, I said it in, um, in the episode. You'll hear it in the future, guys. Gosh. Uh, that the witches that that they're like a force of nature in this movie yeah and it's like yeah they came from somewhere but it's also like they always existed there like yeah. that forest was always theirs uh it's so dark it's so great i love it it's a whole lot different from what i learned about witchcraft from like the harry potter series it's it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah why wasn't dobby in this movie <laughs> I don't even know if there's a single wand in this fucking movie. Yeah, hey, that all right. There is a broomstick though. Yeah, that. <laughs> and there are some potions, but they're quite a lot less it's charming. A bit than... of a potion, mate. Yeah. Um, Polyjuice potion a... seems downright appealing compared to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing for sure that I had wanted to say uh, in our first recording, but I forgot. Ben, every episode, I don't know if you know this, I I played baseball when I when I was young and um You there like a, lot a baseball? Of, yeah, I played baseball and football, but ba baseball is a very um uh there are a lot of like ideas about luck and, and in particular ways you can affect a game. And, and a lot of people in baseball, basketball, football, etc., will listen to the same song before they uh, go out to a game. And every episode before we recorded, I always listened to Kendrick Lamar's King Kunta. Um, and I wanted to say, when we recorded this the first time, I wanted to call Black Phillip a goat mouth mammy fucker. And I didn't get to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Black Phillip, you goat mouth mammy fucker. <laughs> and with that... I give you guys a brief musical transition and then a presentation of our review of The Witch. I hope you guys enjoy enjoy a little a little taste of, of past Ben and Steve. That was back in our salad days, Steve. Things were going yeah. so well for us back then. Yeah, that was before the, the war, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys enjoy, and uh, us future folks will be back real soon. Goodbye now. All right. You know, you asked me before we started recording if I had uh, any stories about witches. Yeah. I just now remembered I do. <laughs> um, and it, you, it, it has to do with the way I was raised. Yeah. Uh, I was not raised religiously, mm -hmm. uh, as we've learned in the past. Yeah. I was Mormon at a certain point in my life, but that was all my choice. <laughs> I was not raised religiously. My mom... Uh, when I was little, my sister and I, uh, out of nowhere, we got like a, a few warts. 
okay. on our fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no real explanation for it. Well, we didn't have insurance. Sure. So my mom took us to a witch woman. Yo, thanks, Obama. <laughs> who had buried some beans in a cemetery. What? Uh, and she she dug them up, and then she rubbed the beans on the warts and said some sort of witch spell. And lo and behold, the warts didn't go away. But <laughs> then my mom bought wart remover, and then they went away. Science. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Like, For real? Yeah, just as you were talking about growing up religious, I was like, in my head, oh, wait a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom took us to a witch woman. Um, See, because of the generation that we are, which is to say people born in the, the mid to uh, mid to early 80s, like, there were so many people that were around our age during, like, high school era that saw, like, let's say, The Craft. <laughs> Yes. Who then were like, yes. I guess I'm also a witch. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. Of, kind of dabbled in, uh, in 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 Wicca and so forth uh-huh. in a very, 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 very half-assed way. I don't mean to demean uh-huh. anybody who's a uh, a successful practitioner of Wicca, but th- uh-huh. just like any any religious, uh, uh, you know, organization, there's there's half-assers all over. Yeah. <laughs> kind of before it became a kind of a full-time, you know, working musician. I worked at a pizza place, and uh, there was what Buffalo Bill might call a great big old fat person. Super big old fat person. <laughs> that, that ran the pizza place that I worked at. And, uh, and she kind of she kind of dabbled in, in Wicca whenever it was convenient to her and so forth. And there was like a little time period at the pizza place where like, you know, We'd had a few slow nights, or like maybe somebody had like dropped a pizza pan and broken, the the pizza wheel had broken, and she was convinced that it was like you know evil spirits afoot. And uh, one night after work, she like did a, uh, I guess what they call a smudge, where she like burned some sage and yeah, wafted the smoke all over this fucking shitty pizza. Get rid of evil spirits. And pizza they demons. Hate sage. They, they hate, hate pizza. It. They oh, the motherfuckers hate pizza. We know that. <laughs> but evil spirits hate sage. That's why no one has ever been haunted on a Thanksgiving. No, never. No. Also, the uh, Jimmy Dean never haunted. Oh man, Jimmy Dean's sausage. What if Jimmy Dean tried to become a ghost but couldn't haunt his own properties because of the overwhelming amounts of sage present on the lot? <laughs> I can't be here. <laughs> that, that was just his normal voice. That's not even his ghost voice. That's how Jimmy Dean sounded, folks. <laughs> now, Steve, me and you, whenever we were going to community college together, we uh-huh. had a near-death encounter with a, <laughs> with with a, a campus college witch, didn't we? Yeah, so he did. Oh my god. I couldn't even believe it. she kinda haunted the uh the science lab building, wasn't it? She did. She did. And she put up a she put up a sign to make her presence known. Ah, oh, assert her dominance. Yeah. And that sign, folks, read 
rats, rats, rats for sale. It said it three times. Rats, rats, rats. And then it said, call Keldra. (laughs) (laughs) Which can only be taken as the name of a witch. Oh, yeah. I've never met I've never met someone who wasn't a witch that was named Keldra. 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 And that kind of led to just this long-standing catchphrase of Steve and I's that was Keldra the Witch 666. (laughs) Alternatively, rats, rats, rats. (laughs) Rats, rats, rats for sale. (laughs) And as I I believe as you observe, most people don't don't have a stutter when they type. (laughs) Apparently Keldra does. Rats, rats, rats for sale. You got that lethal type stutter. Yeah. So that's a, that's about all the encounters that I've had with with witchery. I've had a pizza smudge and a rat for sale by Caldra. And you've had a wart bean. I had a wart bean from a witchy woman. We should start like a uh, like a blackened death metal band called Wart Bean. Wart bean. <laughs> it sounds pretty cult. Yeah. Yeah, I'd listen to that. So this movie, The Witch, it came out around 2015. Well, yeah, that's when it went to Sundance, um, and then it it didn't come out wide until 2016, like ah. la- February of last year, I think. Un- undoubtedly, the best horror movie um, that I that I saw that year. Um, yeah, within the best horror movies that I've seen within the past 15 or 20 years, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, this is Robert Eggers' first feature film. That's fucked up. Has he done anything yeah. since then? I think it said he was working on a remake of Nosferatu, uh, which is an interesting choice. I mean, Werner Herzog did that. Yeah. uh, And Werner Herzog's Nosferatu is great. If you've seen the original Nosferatu, also great. Yeah. And I cannot imagine that Robert Eggers would would mess up a Nosferatu remake. So um, it could be really good. Well, apparently uh, he put years into kind of researching and writing the script yes. for The Witch, which I think is, is really impressive in the age of, like, you know, Hollywood spec scripts that get churned out overnight, oh, yeah. basically. It seems like he really put a lot of work into making this thing accurate. I even saw some trivia on IMDb that said that, like, even the, you know, the American Church of Satan recognized this as being an, appro- an approvable you know, uh-huh. insight into the works of the Church of Satan, which I think is pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, I think this movie is about uh, finding salvation through letting go of Christ. Wow, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, kind of through hedonism. We're going to get much more into that, but I I really think that's, that's what this is going for, the idea of letting go of, of Christian value. And, and and finding real true like openness and freedom. Right, right. Yeah. And the movie starts off with the, the title screen, which is the witch, and it says specifically a New England folk tale. Which I th- I think is a really interesting point about this because even the fact yeah. that it says this is a folk tale to uh-huh. me kind of indicates this is a story which has been retold. Yeah. Almost, I mean, just like so many other, you know, precautionary, you know, old wives' tales and fairy tales and so on. Yeah, yeah. 
where it's like, what you're seeing, I don't even know if this exactly happened. Maybe there was an actual story about this family that, that happened and went out on their own and were banished and bad things happened to them. But the folk tale is it was because of the devil. Um, so even right there, right off of the bat, it tells you it's a folk tale, which means it's been passed yeah. down verbally and has been altered. God knows how many times being passed down. Yeah. I just think that's sort of an interesting preface to this. Yeah, it is. Um, the basic idea behind this movie is that a family leaves a Puritan settlement over a dispute regarding the interpretation of the New Testament. Right. And they basically get out into the wilderness and they're subjected to a series of eerie tragedies caused by unknown forces. Right. So they, of course, presume to be El Diablo. Yeah. The movie... This movie opens with this score, uh, like the strings of this score that really make this movie so eerie. Like, oh my god, the this... soundtrack is baller. Holy yes. fuck. It's so good. Like, throughout, it is perfect. Yeah, it's very Shining-esque at times in the soundtrack moments and stuff. Just really... Yeah. Yeah. Hyper unsettling. Like to me, unsettling is the best way I could describe so many elements of this fucking movie. But yeah, it starts off with uh, our main lead character, Thomason, who's a, a teenage girl. Who It took me about halfway through the movie before I realized I just saw her in Split a month or two ago. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, She's also in um, a movie called Morgan, which is worth checking out. I haven't seen that. Oh. And her father, Willem, is speaking. They're in a church. William's her dad. Um, and we see we see the whole family. Uh, we have uh, William's dad, Catherine, is the mom. The older brother is Caleb. He's not older than her. Right. But he's, he's the older of the two brothers. And the, the other brother is twins with a sister and they're mercy and jonas jonas right? that's right yep okay so those are the names we're gonna hear throughout nobody else right. i don't think super small cast i love movies with just like damn five people in it i think it's really great especially in a horror flick because again the shining man my all-time fave there's like five people in that movie that claustrophobia that's automatic Ugh. when there's just nobody else around. I love it, man. And basically they're in this church and Willem is saying that he cannot be judged by false Christians uh -huh. and uh, they get banished to not live on, on the plantation anymore and to go out and live on their own. Very much like a banishing of Adam and Eve. Very symbolic. Our family sets off on their covered kind of wagon thing and they ride off and the soundtrack is just unnerving as fuck and you see the family around a fire this is the thing about this movie that i read is that basically they used natural na light yeah they used natural and available lighting at all possible times yeah this movie looks like a fucking rembrandt painting it's so gorgeous at times especially the candlelit shots it's incredible to look at. I mean, seriously, it looks like Renaissance paintings left and right. You have to watch this movie in the highest quality you possibly can. Uh, yeah, it's... don't damn YouTube stream this or something like this. Yeah. And then, like, the camera, as they're riding off, the camera kind of zooms into the woods. And it's very Shining-esque. You get this impression that the woods are, are 
so much bigger and more vast oh, than yeah. they are. It's very much like the Overlook Hotel, where it just seems yes. to dwarf the actual characters in such a way that it it seems as though they're just being swallowed into a beast whenever they go into the woods. It's so fucking cool. And the next morning, like, Thomason, our main girl, is, like, praying for forgiveness and stuff. You see that her family has kind of set up a kind of rudimentary encampment. There's a few basic yeah. structures. You kind of get the impression that time has passed. I saw some people yeah. online that were just like, well, what, they built that overnight? And it's like, when they set out, they didn't have a baby either. Obviously, yeah. time has yeah. passed. Duh. Yeah, you do you do get an obvious sense that the time is has passed and the farm isn't big. It's not amazing. No, they, and, and they're like unfinished small... rudimentary crude yeah. structures and stuff. I mean it's not like they've damn built town or something like this. Well, and they've also been there long enough that corn grew. Exactly, <laughs> so... dude. Exactly. Yeah, you think that grew overnight too? It's like I don't know. There, a lot of the criticisms of this movie, I think, are fucking stupid. Yes. Thomason's uh, prayer, I think, is important. Yeah? Because what she says in her prayer, basically she, you know, prays for forgiveness of her sins. Um, and she says, I know I deserve all shame and misery in this life uh, and everlasting hellfire. But I beg thee for the sake of thy son, forgive me, show me mercy, show me thy light. Right. Okay, so if we are to believe that uh, God answers prayers and Thomason, from all appearance, she is uh, she's praying and she's asking for forgiveness of her sins, which I am sure could not be terrible. I mean, there are only four other people uh, near her she can't be hurting anybody too bad right uh if she does she's asked for forgiveness of her sins and she asks to be shown his light then we have to assume that everything that happens after is god showing her his light mm. and if that's what is happening uh there are two different ways that the ending may go we'll talk about that when we get there but i think Damn. this is super important because we know we we know Thomason isn't bad, right? So, so yeah, uh, she's got the baby, as you were saying. Yeah, our new baby Samuel, which again you didn't see earlier, but is used to indicate a passage of time. And she's basically playing peekaboo with the baby, just kind of covering her face and then revealing her face and saying peekaboo and uh, amusing the baby. And at one point, she reveals her eyes, and then the baby is gone the baby has just suddenly vanished and she looks up there's yeah. sort of a rustling that goes on into the woods as though something has carried the baby off in like two seconds while she yeah. had her, her eyes she like covered. runs up to the edge of the woods and she stops yeah <laughs> and i was like oh what like why would she stop that that's weird uh later we find out that their parents forbade them from going into the woods so right exactly and then like this is this is when, especially that first time that I watched this movie, I was like, oh, okay, this movie is really fucking serious. Because immediately what we cut to is... Oh my god. It looks as though it's maybe in a dark cave or a dark interior of a structure or something like this. Yeah. And there's the, the naked baby laying there, and it's just kind of squirming around being a baby and you see these these old ancient hands kind of running over the baby and stuff 
And then there's like a knife that gets pressed up against the baby, which you yeah. don't you don't fucking see that in movies all the time. That's just yeah. That's subject matter that's generally off limits. But Ben, that's not the end of it, because cut to black and then cut back to the uh the lady from behind. She's an uh, older lady. She looks like the lady from The Shining that comes out of the bathtub. She has like long long hair going down her back and she's nude and she's old and and she is churning away holy fucking shit like and the thing is is like whenever that happens i thought it was soundtrack because you just kind of hear this rhythmic but no it's her it's her using like a like it's like a mortar and pestle like what used to grow spices big it shows us an up close of, of her. Well, just the shot where you can see the rim of of the the churny thing, and yeah. you can see her uh, like just sort of from the side, and she's rubbing this goo all over her, and you can just see just like chunks of viscera and blood uh, all over. So she she uses this and she spreads this all over herself oh my god like again like whenever that scene hit it's so fucking awesome yeah because dude like i can't think of any movie i've ever seen that has anything remotely that fucked up holy cow man i yeah it's so good whenever she walks out in front of the moon too she looks significantly younger as though she's transformed to something like this too that that shot of her in front of the moon is fucking amazing and so then we we get up the next morning and uh caleb the 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 son he opens up the window and the family is all asleep on the floor they're just sleeping on the floor on rudimentary mattresses and straw just like a bunch of fucking animals and thomason his his older sister their main girl is dreaming and he kind of looks down her her bodice a little bit and spots a little bit of yeah a little bit of boob yeah, this is important to Caleb. He loves boobs. He's a boob man. Caleb's he's a, a boob man. He's a boobsman, as he's discovering throughout the course of this movie. Even if it's a sister boob, he's all about. <laughs> and so Caleb's going through the house, and he hears Catherine, his mother, praying and stuff. Yeah, she's she's distraught, and obviously. I mean, she just lost her baby. Exactly, praying for lost Samuel. And he goes. Caleb goes outside to Willem, the father... And uh, they're talking about how they can't find the baby anymore. And uh, Willem is out there with the corn, which it looks like the corn has blight all over it. It's like all nasty and yeah. eaten up and shitty. Which is, that is, that is another theory yeah. uh, about this movie. Is There's, that it's ergot poisoning, which is was also the theory about the Salem Witch Trials. Was exactly. That people were hallucinating from ergot. And, and that's, I mean, that I'm not dismissing that theory. I just didn't think too much about it because i read about it yeah uh uh but yeah uh, there's yeah the the corn is it's there's a, a mold or a rot of some sort on it um what you gotta think again when you're living as you know what fucking five yeah. or seven people or whatever out in the middle of nowhere if your corn is bad you're gonna starve to death and fucking die like yeah it's and- not like when you're when your backyard garden you know, here in yeah. First World America goes bad, and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to get shit from the store. It's like, no, you're going to fucking die. If your wheat is yeah. bad, you fucking die. If you can't hunt, you fucking die. And uh, 
yeah, and and so that's that's actually what happens here is that basically, um, the dad says that he set some traps, uh, and that they're gonna go into the woods, yeah, and you know check the traps, and then then the dad is like, you know, uh, we we have to get meat, like we need food. Yeah, we gotta catch uh, some animals. And so yeah, Caleb Caleb goes along with him, and they're check they check the first trap and it's been tripped but nothing was caught they didn't catch anything they're in the woods and willem is citing scripture and asking caleb all these questions about scripture and stuff all these questions about sin and how caleb was like i was born sinful and it's my nature to be a sinner and i'm you know basically dirty just puritan stuff i'm dirty filthy by nature i need to repent and seek forgiveness for my nature and then uh, he asked his dad was Samuel born a sinner, right? So uh, people might assume, oh, the baby was probably christened. No, the baby wouldn't have been christened. Protestants believed that a child had to understand what they were doing to get baptized. Fucking imagine that. So that means that Samuel was born a sinner, according to the father, and that that's this is what causes Caleb then all this like distress. Right is. Samuel was born a sinner. He's dead. Is he in hell? Like, is the baby, that that little cute baby, is that cute baby roasting in hell? Right. I I want to, like, re-emphasize that for anyone who's listening that really believes in hell. Because <laughs> that's is what would that fucking happen. cute baby roasting in hell. Yeah. And if you do still believe that, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ask yourself a few questions, and then back, to, basically back at the farm, Thomason is getting some eggs from the chickens and stuff, and she drops one of the eggs, and it's been it, it cracks yeah, it open, it's been fertilized. Yeah. yeah. There's like kind of a half formed uh, chicken there with like blood and stuff. Yeah. She kind of she kind of stares just, at it. That's like a. Uh, it's almost like a. A really cruel sign from God, right? Like she she feels like she's responsible for Samuel's death, and then oh, also you killed this thing too, like <laughs> right? So fuck you. And then we cut back to the woods, and uh, Willem is telling uh, Caleb that he traded Catherine, the mother's silver cup, it's yeah. like a silver wine cup for these traps that they're using yes. but she doesn't she doesn't know about it she doesn't know that her cup is gone and that he's traded it for these traps this ends up being a huge problem yes it is and fowler which is their dog their hunting dog that they have with them sees a a hare a rabbit this rabbit is kind of standing in the path looking at him the dog's barking like crazy at it the hare isn't moving it's just kind of sitting there and Willem loads up the rifle that he has with him, and it's an old yeah. it's an old timey rifle, so it's not like an instant, you know, yeah, it's draw and fire. Yeah, yeah. he's got to like burn the cord and you know load it with powder and all that kind of shit. And the gun goes off, blows up in his face, and kind of temporarily yeah. blinds him, and he misses it, so he doesn't even get the rabbit. Now this is where, looking back on it, there's sort of this theme of ineptitude in Willem. Yes. In terms of his ability to, again, in the in the values of the time, yeah, the the role of the man was to hunt and provide, and yeah. he clearly, as we just saw, cannot hunt, and as we saw from his corn, 
he cannot provide. Right. His ineptitude and his arrogance in thinking that he could go out from the village and provide for his family and take care of him and his own yeah. is an, an extremely important part of his failing and his motivations as a character are his failure to do what is expected of him. And near the end of the movie, he admits that, that uh, this is all about his pride. Um, and so that's interesting the, to think about what it is that got them like kicked out of the the plantation yeah uh and and, like why like was it just him refusing to accept something that everyone else was saying because because of his pride or he just assumed he knew better yeah like he felt like he knew better and and yeah so, yeah, this is, it is a huge thing. And then after that scene of him missing with the gun, we cut back to the farm. And the the twins are are romping around and just raging and singing a song about uh, Black Phillip, which is the family goat. And they're singing, they're singing a song about Black Phillip and stuff. The, the aesthetic of this movie is very much influenced by one of my favorite uh, all-time artists, Francisco de Goya. Yeah. And- there are two paintings uh, that I can think of offhand that have a large black he goat. One of them is called Witch's Sabbath. Oh, damn. And uh, in it, uh, it's a big black he goat surrounded by by women who are, you know, witches. And, and one of the women is bringing a baby to him and they're de- desiccated corpses of babies around. Holy shit, metal. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is called um, El Gran Cabron, which means the the great he goat or large goat uh, he goat. Anyway, it's great, and if you look at it, it looks so much like Black Phillip. Like the the idea behind those paintings is, of course, that Satan is represented by this big black he goat, right? Uh, and <laughs> The twins are singing a song about him. Uh, they say a crown grows out his head, um, which is, is is a big like religious image. Uh, Jesus is given a crown by God, but but um, Satan or Lu- you know Lucifer is represented with these horns. Right, and he's grown a crown, like he's provided himself a crown naturally. Right, right. So as though he has taken power unto himself. Yeah, as of now, he's just a fucking goat that these kids like to, to sing a song about. And uh, Thomason is cleaning out this this goat pen, and she kind of zones out and stares into the woods. And the kids are chasing the, the goats around the, the barnyard and stuff there. And Willem comes back, and he kind of wrangles Black Phillip back into the pen, but gets, like, knocked over and stuff. And yeah, he gets, like, shit all over his clothes. And then so then yeah. the mom is like, you know, Thomason, go and wash your father's clothes by the stream. And so Willem goes to chopping wood. Now, Willem chopping wood is something that we see like five times throughout the movie. He's chopping yep. fucking wood. And it's very, it's very, very much like Jack Nicholson typing, you know, all work and no play, mate, Jack adult boy. Just a repetitive behavior. 
uh, the first time we see him, he looks uh, almost like um, a painting of Jesus watch- washing the feet of the apostles. Where yeah. He just has this towel, or not a towel, but sort of... Uh, kind of like a linen cloth around his waist, because he had to yeah. take his clothes off to get them washed. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's interesting, the, the idea of him just constantly chopping wood, and it is mentioned later by by thomason so like it's because it, it's because not... that's all that he can actually do again yeah. he can't hunt he can't fucking provide for his family all he can do is chop wood so that's what he does he's like well i'm doing something at least because he's fucking yeah. inept and so here's another cool thing too as we cut next to thomason and she's washing her dad's clothes by the stream and uh-huh. caleb comes down there too to fetch a pail of water Oh, this is oh well. This was right after Caleb lied about why they were in. Oh, where yeah, they went. you're right. You're right. That's important. Right, Go back yeah, and tell the that. mom. Yeah, because I was like, wait, what? What happened before that? Yeah, uh, the mom asked where they had been, and Caleb said that they had been in the valley because he had seen an apple tree. Right. Uh, or at least he thought he had, but then they couldn't find it. Right. Um, he was like, yeah, we're going to get so, these yeah. apples. Yeah. They're down at the. So he comes down to the river, and he's. He looks, like, I guess a little disappointed in himself. Here's an important thing, too, is, like, after Caleb said that they were they went down there to get the apples, Willem, Willem didn't even correct him. Willem, no. wasn't, Willem wasn't like, no, 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 we went to check these traps out of caught. Because if he admitted they had traps, that would be admitting he had sold the cup. Yep. So he let his kid lie. Yeah. And, yeah, so far, like, that's true. Like, the... It could almost be that, I mean, it's not just his pride or his ineptitude. It could almost be that everything that happens after a certain point is because he lied about selling, or didn't tell his wife he was going to sell her father's silver cup. Right. And and then just hid it from her. And exactly. then keeps the lie it grew. for a long time. And then the thing is, too, is that next scene that we get where Thomason is washing his clothes in the river. Again, here's another clue. You mentioned earlier the clue about the blight on the corn possibly causing these crazy hallucinations and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Thomason is washing the, the, the barnyard shit off of Dad's clothes, right? Uh-huh. The water that Caleb gathers is from downstream it's of downstream. Her. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's blatantly shown. They're drinking shit water. They're drinking contaminated water, exactly. Which, huh. again, more clues that maybe everybody was just ill as fuck. And Caleb kind of looks down her shirt again as she's watching these these clothes and stuff. Because, again, he's Caleb's a boob man. This could be misread easily as Thomason knows what's up and is trying to seduce him. But I'm pretty positive that Thomason rightly is like, why is my brother acting weird? Right. Uh, and she... She like tells him to come over. He sits on her lap, and she just comforts him. Yeah. Um, now later, this is going to be mentioned by the mother as uh, maybe not this exact instance, but the mother mentions that she thinks that Thompson was trying to seduce her brother. Yeah. Uh, which I think is not true. It doesn't seem to be true. Like I think Thomason is just genuinely worried about her brother. He's just he's just uh yeah, exactly. And they the Thomason and Caleb they hear something and it's the the girl. What's the what's the girl's name? The twin girl? Mercy. 
mercies. mercies. Yeah, and she's singing. And she's like, I'm the witch uh, of the woods. Yeah, she's saying that she's the witch of the woods, and she has like a, a stick between her legs, and she's pretending she's flying through the woods. Right. And she's saying clickety clackety. Uh, okay, so we can assume the things I've read about this possibly being hallucinations and stuff. We can assume a lot of this can be hallucinations. Right. But we, the audience, were the only ones who saw the baby be taken and turned into a flying ointment and yeah. the witch fly to the moon. Yep. So we're not hallucinating. No. But, now, but, but again, as a folk tale, you're being told sure. what's been told, what's yeah. been told, what's been told. So That's true. But, the okay, so now Mercy is basically recounting that occurring she's telling us like she's the witch of the woods and and she flies through the trees and you can hear her broom hitting the 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 branches right um and she and her brother jonas are the ones who sing the songs about black philip they're the ones who supposedly talk to black philip where does she get this knowledge yeah i, I don't think it's not like she heard it from one of the townspeople. They ain't in town anymore. It's like, where the fuck is this coming from, even? And she's too young to have, like... Because that's the thing. is in, in up, yeah. Exactly. She's, like, five or six in the movie. Yeah. And clearly, they've been out on their own for several years. Like, Mercy wouldn't have even remembered being two or three years old in the town. Like, she doesn't remember any of this shit. Where the fuck is she hearing this stuff from? Yeah. And she says, she says to Thomas, she says that Mother hates her. And then she also says, Black Philip tells me to do what I want. Which is the yeah. the definition of, of modern, you know, uh, Levian Satanism is hedonism and yeah. doing what you want. Do what thou will, yeah. And it uh, says that the witch stole Samuel. So, yeah, she has all this knowledge. Um, and... It's possible she absorbed this. I highly doubt it. Like, I, I really think it, it seems more likely that she is actually talking to Black Phillip. Right, exactly. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, it's it's possible that some of that is all just absorbed maybe through some stories she heard, and it's just so coincidental. But it seems most likely in the story that she, she's genuinely talking to Black Phillip. So and then Thomason is like, "I be the witch," and she's like, "Yeah, she's like going after Mercy and being like, I'm gonna fucking, you know, whatever, grind you up, make your bones into my bread." She's she's kind of coming at her like she's the witch and she's gonna kill her and stuff just to scare her. And she tackles her and she's on top of her and all this stuff. Thomason says that when she sleeps, her spirit slips away from her body and dances naked with the devil. Right. Uh, right. Foreshadowing. Yes. Um, so. Why is Mercy afraid of her though? Like I just don't get it. Like she she knows Thomason isn't the the witch that stole Samuel if she is talking to Black Philip. Right. Black Philip, of course, could be sowing distrust among sure. the family, which right. is I think a big thing that plays out. Oh yeah. Is uh, so maybe Black Philip's like, you know, he doesn't tell her that it's not Thomason. <laughs> I don't know. So the next scene is the family back at their home, and they're having they're having dinner, and Willem is praying and stuff. Catherine asks Thomason where her silver wine cup is, and Thomason's like, I don't know. And uh, Catherine's like, Well, did the wolf take it too? Instantly, kind of yeah. blaming Thomason for the <laughs> whole you know wolf taking the baby thing. Yeah, and we we get a sense. I mean, because the 
uh, Mercy said, Mom hates you. Yeah. Uh, we get a sense, like, okay, maybe she does. Maybe she does. Yeah, and this is where we learn that Catherine, we learn throughout now that Catherine, she didn't want to do this. She she didn't feel that this was the right thing to do. She just, you know, basically was had no choice. I mean. And that's the thing, too, is during that, during that dinner scene, you see they're just eating basically like flat, unleavened bread. Right. It's just yeah. like they're eating the bare minimum of survival yeah. food. They're out there starving to fucking death. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she, she gives some pretty, like, you know, good, like, she finally, like, makes her voice known, like, I, we shouldn't have done this. He says, basically, a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo, et cetera, but then he says, here's what we'll do. I'll take uh, Thomason and uh, we'll uh, have her be a servant for another family. Yeah, we'll and, take her into yeah. town. She'll serve a family. She's old enough now. Her womanhood is upon her. Yeah. Uh, and basically what that that would do is it, it could be an indentured servitude situation where <laughs> basically she's not getting paid anything. They're just getting rid of one of the mouths to feed. Yeah. Or it's possible it would be uh, sort of an exchange where the the family would take her and she would do work and they would maybe send something to the family as like a, you know, a payment for right. her services. Exactly. And Thomason overhears this from downstairs. She's awake and she hears, she hears them say that she's old enough to leave and serve another family and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and... <clears throat> all of the kids are up. This is great. I really like this, that all of the kids are just sitting, listening to their parents downstairs. Like they're just sitting quietly. Right. Um, and they all hear this. And Caleb decides, I guess he wakes up early the next day. He's, he decides to go hunt. Um, he's going to go check the traps. He's, uh, prove that they know, have enough food to keep around to keep Thomason home and not, she doesn't need to leave, basically. He's trying to keep her yeah. there. Yeah, which is a really sweet gesture. And and also, like, um, uh, we see Caleb sees, like, maybe that his dad isn't up, too. Maybe he sees... Because, like, he doesn't wake his dad up and say, let's go check the traps. Right, yeah. He, he, he sees maybe, like, oh, I need to take up the slack. I just need, like, again, think about that. Uh, age of 12... You realize uh, I might be the one who has to provide all the food for this family? Keep us from starving <laughs> to fucking death. Yeah, that's insane. Anyway, uh, Thomason comes out. She's like, hey, you know, if you're going to go out there, I'm going with you. Uh, and so she gets on the horse, and, and he sort of leads the horse out, and they're walking through the woods. Uh, they're checking the traps that they've set out and stuff, and they, they do find some rabbits. There's some, some dead rabbits that, that yeah. you see hanging on the side of the horse, so... Good news, yeah. they have some food. While they're out there, the dog, Fowler, starts barking at that rabbit again. And so Caleb goes off to, to chase after it. The horse bucks Thomason off, and she falls and gets knocked out there. And back home, the twins are going crazy because they don't know where Thomason and Caleb yeah. are at. And so they're, like, tied up. They kind of, like, have they're them tied, tied to the, the fence, fence post, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I thought was funny. <laughs> I listen seriously think about that too that's one of those things where you see that and you're like oh my god you don't tie your kids up well when there are only two of you and you're looking for your other kids yeah what the fuck else are you gonna do you tie your kids up <laughs> tie them up exactly and so then um willem and Catherine are going out into the woods 
and they're calling for Thomason and Caleb. They're trying to figure out where they are and stuff. And then you see Caleb in the woods calling for, calling for Thomason. So they've been separated. They're lost and stuff. Caleb doesn't, like, the, you don't get any of the sound of them yelling. Uh, but you, he finds Fowler whining, and he's been disemboweled. Yeah, dog is gored. And then... And then it cuts to Thomason, and you can hear them yelling, Thomason is just, like, coming too. So, Caleb is really far away from Thomason at this point. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little bit of filmmaking, because you can see that they are far away from each other. Yeah. The woods are thick as hell. Caleb's lost. He's trying to find his way around. And he sees the rabbit, and he goes after it and stuff. And uh, you see Thomason finds Willem. Willem catches up with Thomason, and, you know, they kind of reunite and stuff there. As Caleb, somewhere deep into the woods, stumbles upon the witch house. And the witch house yeah. looks absolutely mortifying, fucking yeah. terrifying. It's like this moss-covered, kind of like you said, it looks like it's sort of cut into the hill or cut into a cave or something like this. Yeah. It looks super dark. It looks very damp. It looks very mossy. Um, it, it looks really fucking terrifying. Like, as soon as you see this place, it looks really fucking scary. It looks like a damn witch house. Yeah, and, it looks like a witch might live there. And a young, buxom woman with her boobs all sticking out, because she knows what Caleb's after. Yes, she does. A uh, young, really, really pretty buxom woman comes out, and she's wearing a red cloak. The soundtrack at this point is also nuts as fuck and it's yes. awesome and so she goes out to caleb and she kisses him and then like right as the shot is ending this her big nasty crone hand like closes around yeah. his head it's very again dude very yeah. shining esque, very reminiscent yeah. of the scene in room 217 like suddenly uh caleb has been taken by the witch and williams uh, williams gonna go look for him yeah, back home, and, and, and Catherine's like, you don't have a horse, because they took it, you don't have a dog, because they took it, and you don't have a gun, because Caleb also had the gun, we forgot to mention earlier, so it's like, it's he's literally just a man on foot now, going yeah. off into the woods with no help, and again, he's fucking in it. And uh, Catherine wants to know why they went into the woods. Yeah. And Thomason, Thomason says she, she promised not to tell, so... Uh, this seems like, again, I, I keep going back to wanting to explain Puritan values. This seems like one of those instances where uh, it's simple. She should just tell them. Yeah. But actually, in a Puritan's mind, this would be tough because by telling her brother that she wouldn't tell them, she promised him, meaning now, if she were to tell them, she would have borne false witness to him, which right. is equal, of course, to disobeying her father and mother. Wow. Which is which. So she would be going through so much in her head right now as to what it is she's supposed to say. That's a good point. Uh, and, and she just says to her mom, help me to find favor in uh, your eyes. Right. So, uh, and, and the mom says, you know, just tell me what happened. And at this moment, William, William decides to admit that he took the cup. He sold the cup to buy the traps and stuff, and he took Caleb into the woods to check the traps. He finally fesses up uh -huh. to it. And so Thomason goes off, and she offers to, to pin the goats up. Again, they hear the goats outside and stuff, so 
Thompson's out there with the goats, and it's raining, and it's dark, and it's nighttime and stuff. And then suddenly, Caleb appears back, standing by the fence post, out in the rain, freezing cold, and he's naked. And uh, and so then the next shot that we get is of Thompson and Catherine. They're kind of nursing uh, Caleb back to health and stuff, and they old-timey remedy him and, like, poke a hole in his head and bleed, you know. Yeah, let blood loose off of his head and stuff, and which Will, is is not very beneficial. And meanwhile, while the women are trying to do something effective that is actually helping the situation, yeah, Willem is outside chopping fucking wood in the rain because yep. he's a fucking yeah. idiot. He's chopping wood in the rain, which uh, one uh, remember. There's a huge stack of wood next to the house. The stack of wood by the house is like as tall as the house. And, and it comes back into play later. Yeah. It's hugeness. Yeah. Um, so a huge stack of wood. So he's doing this to get away from his problem. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like he has no. Well, and, and, and again here too, this kind of goes back to a lot of things at the time, but the, the women were in charge of the healing arts. They were the one that that knew how to take care of Caleb and try to nurse him back to health. He knew nothing about it, so he's like, well, I can do this at least. I can go chop some wood. Uh... By the way, women being in charge of the healing arts is also one of the things that led to accusations of witchcraft. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Real fucking catch-22. Like an uh, an entire culture set up around women being like responsible for this but also if they fail at it it's probably because they're a witch it's it's really a damned if you do damned if you don't yeah. scenario and so then the next day we cut to mercy and she's asking black philip what thomason did to uh caleb because they're like oh yeah, yeah he's, he's witched or whatever thomason is there milking this goat and then suddenly she realizes she's not getting milk out of the goat but there's there's blood coming out of the goat's teat into the pail yeah and And that's um that is that's like an old school witch thing oh really is will cause your your uh animals to milk blood or to sour the milk or something you know that's cool when it shows the like she like kicks it out from under the goat and it shows the blood just trickling out onto the hay. It's a really good shot. It's a really cool shot. And it shows like black Philip just kind of watching on like, yep. And, uh, Catherine is like praying over Caleb. Caleb is just kind of comatose at this point inside of the house, just sort of laying there looking really shitty. And she's like, is this some sort of witchcraft? Will now, that, this is this the first mention of witchcraft, by the way, like I mean, by the, the adults. Because uh, I know, maybe. I mean, the little kids have talked about it, but like, uh, even Thomason didn't seem to think it was like something serious. Good point. But I, I don't know. I, it seems like this is, I think, the first time she mentions witchcraft, and he, he seems to just dismiss it immediately. Yeah. And, and he says, like, you know, we'll, I'll take him to a doctor, someone who can, you know, heal him. Uh, so he seems to be leaning towards science here, or at least leaning towards uh, remedies right. over witchcraft. Yeah, because he wants to go into town and find Caleb a doctor and find work for Thomason. And Ka- uh, Catherine is just like, I just want to be home. I want to be home back in England. If you know, if you haven't watched this, uh, Kate Dickey is the the mom. She also played the uh, the mom in Game of Thrones that was still breastfeeding her eight year old uh, son. Right, Cat's sister. Uh, 
and and she she does so good in this movie. Oh, she man, is she's amazing. Awesome, but dude. this scene especially, she talks about uh, like losing a child and losing the ability to love, like and and not feeling at once. Uh, you know, like this this great like love of Christ, and no longer being able to feel that. Well, and she tells uh, this in way of this dream that she had years ago yeah. that was about her meeting Christ, and it was a very, and we'll talk sexual. about this a little bit later. Yeah, it was a very lusty, sexy dream. Yeah. Yes, it was a rock me, sexy Jesus dream. Yes, and that comes back into play in the not too distant future. But yeah, the, there's like it's a very sexual, like passionate, like it, and she she says like it made me feel like the uh, something akin to like something better than a husband can give. Like right, right. So, like it, it's a very sort of sexual, like strong feeling she had in this dream. It, after that, like monologue. He just sort of walks away, um, and it goes to the outside where the twins are now singing another song about Black Phillip. Yeah. So they hear a scream. They're out there like husking, yeah. husking their shitty corn to take into town to yeah. try to sell, and they hear a scream from Caleb inside of the house. And he He's is, having a hard uh, he time. repeats this. He says, get the broad axe, he'll cut off her head. Get the narrow axe, he'll cut off her head. Um, I don't know what this means. I, I don't know how this comes into play. I'm not quite uh, exactly sure. At the very end of the movie, there's a chant that it sounds somewhat similar to that, I noticed. Uh, oh, yeah. It's similar. Oh, it's hard it to say. It does sound similar to the witch's Sabbath chant. Yeah. Because the thing is, uh, that the, the uh, again, not to jump too far ahead, but the, the language that the witches are speaking is mostly... Like old Enochian or something like this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It would be that, like, yeah. The well, I guess, and it's kind of like the words that they're saying in whatever language it is, kind of sound like what he said in English. So yeah. it's almost like he just sort of uh, heard it and he's repeating it. Yeah, like yeah. he can't repeat it exactly. He's repeating the sounds of it. Exactly, and, and and he's screaming, and he's like, "She's upon me!" And she's like, "You know, my my stomach." He says. My bowels, my stomach, she pinches. Um, okay. Now, this goes... Uh, first off, one, uh, this guy, a kid, Harvey Scrimshaw, he has this scene and a scene coming up. Amazing. Incredible. So fucking amazing. Incredible. But um, he... You said earlier he was getting water from downstream. Uh, if If he drank water with with shit on it he could get dysentery which could explain his bowels and stomach right uh, very much so thing. it Absolutely. could explain his fever it could explain everything yeah if you know if we're to believe that any bit of this can be hallucination then maybe he got lost in the woods found his way back but as he was finding his way back he was getting sicker and sicker from drinking dysentery water and yeah. Yeah, it's very very possible. And apparently too, like a lot of his lines about you know she's upon me, she's you know she pinches me and so on, are taken from actual transcriptions of possessions. Yes. So it's God, like, I love that. I love I love research that went into this. That's what I'm fucking saying, dude. I mean, Eggers took years 
putting yeah. this thing together because he's putting it together out of old writings from that time. A lot of the dialogue yeah. in the movie is writings of colonial yeah. people talking about witchcraft and possessions. It's so fucking so good. metal. And so his uh-huh. teeth clench, and he's like flipping out. He's like got blood coming out of his mouth and stuff because he's biting, I guess, his lip or his tongue. And yeah. Willem like pries his teeth apart, and he spits out an apple, which is what he was lying about earlier. It's like a bloody yes. little teeny tiny apple. And this this can be so representative of so many things. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the first and most meaningful is, yeah, this is the thing he lied about earlier. And it's it's like a whole apple. I mean, it's like a crab apple, but it, that that's got a little stem on it. That's what an apple would have looked like back then before yeah, they small. were like cultivated to become more sweet and larger. Big, yeah. Um so it, it's the lie about the apple. Of course, then there's the idea of the uh fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Sure. Uh which there's a lot of people, Adam and Eve parallels in the movie. Yeah, which some people associate that fruit with the knowledge of sex. Like right. That the fruit was actually sex. So could it be uh that he that the witch had sex with him. I mean, she kissed him. Right. Uh, it's a symbol of his lust being upon him. Yeah. She she didn't sacrifice him. She didn't kill him. It's very like, true. Yeah. You got you got a great point. And clearly, he was out for some boobs. Yeah. And so that's a possibility. And also, of course, uh, the possibility is that it's a poison apple. Uh, I mean, those are associated with witches, witches and so on. Uh, sure. Okay. And so then the the. Mer- Mercy is like freaking out and she's like, you know, Thomason is a witch and Willem quizzes her and he's like, do you love to pray? Do you love the Lord? And so on. And so they, and, and Thomason is like, yes, I love the Lord. I love to pray. Yada, yada. And And they gather around, uh, Caleb to pray. Right. And and like all, all three of them are praying, but the twins, they say they can't remember their prayer. Yeah, they're stumbling on the words like, we can't remember our prayer, which apparently one of the old school te- tests for being a yeah. witch back in the day was, can Could you, you recite the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> yeah. Apparently a witch cannot recite the Lord's Prayer in its uh. entirety. So it shows that the kids are kind of uh. being taken. And they fall on the floor and they start quivering around and stuff as Caleb also wakes back up and he's like, it's her. She's a cat a crow, a raven, a wolf. He says all these different forms that I guess the yeah. the witch can can take. She desires of my blood, she says. And he the, says. And the twins are like as they're writhing around repeat as they're writhing around and stuff, they're repeating everything he says. So they're like a crow, a wolf. It's so fucking sick, dude. God. <laughs> yeah. Um and so he de- he comes out of it. Yeah, Caleb. for a second, and just like he declares his love of Christ. Yeah, he and some scripture. he he talks about Christ kissing him with his lips, oh and God, he talks about like just this again, this like sort of erotically charged description of Christ. Dude, I mean seriously, that kid knocks it out of the fucking park. Yeah, so great. And he collapsed. Um, he stops. He just suddenly stops, and he's dead. And he's dead. The end for Caleb. And so Catherine, two down. <laughs> Catherine is like, you know, get thee away from the from him. Get thee gone. She says it to Thomason and stuff. And Thomason runs away out of the house. Willem follows her and stuff, and kind of like cradles her and stuff in a very like 
okay, he's still on her side about this stuff, you know, very fatherly, daughterly. And then he starts questioning her yeah. about, okay, but for real though, are you a witch? Speak the truth yeah. and all this stuff. Up to this point, what what we've seen from him is that he is an apt, but he's also incapable of communicating. Um, and so whenever whenever the baby died, it seemed like he he just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and he encouraged like you know Catherine to she needed to move on from her grief. Right. Um, but now after Caleb dies. He's actually rattled now, and it's like he can't come up with some easily religious phrase to say to sort of put aside his grief, and and he's becoming irrational. He's 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 at this point like, okay, maybe you are a witch. Like, yeah, uh, she calls him out. She gets pretty she hard on him. About, yeah, she's like, um, she calls him a hypocrite. She like, questions his manhood. She's like, you she let says, me take the blame for the cup, and you let Caleb take the blame for the yeah. apples. Yeah, and, and and she she says, all you're good at is chopping wood. Right. Like, that's all you can do. Um, and he's like, you bitch. She, she accuses the twins of being witches and tells him that they talk to Black Philip. Yeah, and that Black Philip is Lucifer and that the twins commune with him, and he gets fucking... Pissed. Yeah, he just basically drags her back into the house and and uh, confronts. Uh, he tells Catherine what Thomason said, and the the twins are like uh, unconscious on the bed, but um, he suspects that they're faking. And right. He says he doesn't want to play these childish games, and he um. He says, maybe I'll kill uh, Jonas like uh, Abraham uh, was to do with his son or something like that. And he picks Jonas up and Jonas suddenly screams. Right. Now. uh, He's like, wake and speak. Yeah. And and so Jonas was, were they faking? Because as soon as Jonas starts screaming, um, Mercy starts screaming. Right. So like. were they were they faking? Like again, like are are they the witches? Um, and so Willem so, flips out and he he locks Thomason and Mercy and Jonas into the into the goat pen. He like hammers them in there with some boards and stuff, so they are stuck in there. I'm not sure what his long term plan here was. Uh, he says that um, they'll stay there in the night and they'll. Uh, go to town and figure it out in the morning or something. I, I'm guessing he's going to take them into town for a witch trial. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're all stuck in there with Black Philip and and the other Thomason, sheep. There's like a couple white sheep. Yeah, there's too. a couple of other sheep. Uh, and Thomason, she uh, asked them just point blank. She's just like, you know, are are like, is this? You guys are you are you witches? Yeah. Do you guys uh-huh. really talk with Black Philip? Uh, and then and they do the same with her. They basically ask her. And it seems like they come to almost a calm-headed moment where they're all three just like, okay, well, we're not witches. Mom like, and Dad be crazy, yo. Yeah, like it, it seems like the twins have finally dropped to sort of pretense, maybe. Right. That, like, it's not really fun but, games anymore. Yeah, but then, like, if that is true, 
they still were talking to Black Phillip. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Willem and uh, Catherine, in the meantime, are burying Caleb. And Catherine, like, gets down in the grave with them. Yeah. And like, oh, man. It's that's... brutal, kind of cradling. And then Willem yeah. is chopping wood in the middle of the fucking night, because that's all he's good for. And he's like, this is my fault. And he prays to redeem the children and so on. And he, like... He eats dirt and stuff. He's praying in a really yeah. torturous sort of way. And he really, I forgot to mention this earlier. The actor that plays Willem has like the most Ralph awesome Henson. voice, dude. He has like oh, the yeah. most awesome, like sub octave. Yeah. He's, uh, it sounds like a crypt. He was being on open Game voice. of Thrones. Right. He's in Harry Potter and stuff, apparently, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's, uh, one of the caros in Harry Potter. Yeah. Exactly. He's got an awesome yeah. voice. But during this scene where he's like, praying and he's like really 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 into it i think he kind of sounds like andre the giant he does he he's like does. i will How? eat dinner yeah. anybody want a peanut he kind of does a little bit of that <laughs> i only doggy paddle thomas's watches on and she hears him and sees him praying and stuff through one of the slats in the board we cut to Catherine, um who is she's sleeping in the bed and she takes off her hair covering for the first time yeah she's um, always had like a head this, covering the whole time yeah and this is i mean this is a thing that uh, women were supposed to keep their their hair covered um so by taking that off by uncovering her hair she's she's like fully fully nude for the first time for us i mean she's wearing clothes but i mean we're we're fully seeing her right um just long blonde and, hair just like thomason's yeah and um she she sees her silver cup over in the corner of the room and she walks yes. over to it and then she hears a sound behind her and she turns around and uh Caleb is sitting in a chair holding Samuel. Yeah, holding the baby that that left there at the first of the movie. Caleb is like, let dad sleep. Yeah. And his voice is wrong. Like it's a That's little weird. different. It's like he's whisper. He's like whispering, and but it's loud. Um, it's weird. He sounds a little more demonic, and he says, uh, "Mother, we have longed to see you so." Uh, and then there's yeah. like we cut back out to the shed, and there's like a thud, and the the, the twins wake up, and there's something moving in there, in the shed with them. Yeah. And, and then we cut back to Catherine with Caleb and Samuel. And she's like, she's like, oh, you know, the baby's hungry. And she kind of undoes the front of her shirt there to let the, the baby breastfeed and stuff. And then we cut back out to the shed. And the twins look across in the shed, and it's super dark. And there's, like, this huge old hag over there with one of the goats. Yeah. And she just great, amazing uh witch cackle oh it's the fucking worst dude Uh, you hear the sound of like her like uh like eating one of the goats yeah Uh, and and then this great witch cackle and then if you listen closely right at the end you hear i'm pretty sure jonas start choking so i think she then like starts killing jonas uh, dude, uh, it's the worst, and the way the cinematography is right there too. It's like, it's so dark. You can barely see the outline yeah. of her there over there, like eating the goat, yeah. and she's nude and she has long hair and stuff, and uh, she turns. And, 
while this is happening, while that great cackle happens, uh, inside, I mean, Caleb uh, told her, like, to sign his book. Inside, we cut to Catherine now. She has a raven that is pecking at her breast, and she is cackling. Oh, my God, dude. Now, that, is that not, re- like, Hieronymus Bosch as fuck? Oh, yeah. It's real important to know, though, that a lot of accusations of witchcraft were often leveled at uh, women who had recently dealt with losing a number of children. Oh. Uh, because it was believed they would make a deal with the devil to see their kids again. So that's what happens. Holy here. shit, really? She makes a deal with the devil to be able to see her children. Uh, and so she she has become a witch. I mean, there's no... Wow. Uh, she doesn't... We don't see her do the other things the other witches do, but, I mean, that is what happens. She signed a deal with the devil. I read a um, thing, too, online that said another really common accusation back in the day was that a a witch basically had something something sort of like a third nipple, a, a witch's teeth, yeah. which, of course, is like... I've, I've always heard the saying, colder than a witch's tit, and I've never yeah. really understood what that meant, but apparently they, they believed back then that... Oh, some of these witch women had basically like a third nipple with, with yeah. which they would nurse their familiars, their animal, you know, spirit creatures yeah. and stuff. And that's exactly what's happening. This raven is, you know, basically suckling at her witch's tit and she's bleeding and shit. That shot is fucking unreal, dude. I just have in my notes, I just have insane in huge letters underlined. Because, dude, between that plus the shot of the hag in the shed, it's just out of fucking control because yeah because really honestly like there's not been that much like really shocking visual imagery in the movie since you saw the the baby in the mortar and pestle like yeah you haven't really seen anything that fucked up at all yeah um and so yeah like whenever yeah we get the daylight and now yeah we didn't see what happened out there in the the goat house and so it's the next morning and and um willem comes out well he's he he sees the the goat house is just destroyed well Uh, let me point out another thing too here that i thought was cool is that he wakes up and he kind of climbs out of bed over catherine yeah. Because I was kind of thinking maybe this was just a dream or some crazy shit, but you see that Catherine has a bloody spot on her shirt. Uh huh. Above where the crow yeah. had been pecking her. Ain't so you're she, like, oh shit, her this hair really is happened. Exposed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you're like, Which, okay, this really did happen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he goes out and yeah, it looks like a bomb is hit almost. Like a, a, the front is sort of blown out to. Uh, two goats are sort of disemboweled and Thomason is laying on the ground and she has blood on her hands. Right. Then Black Phillip just fucking full on gets metal and damn gores Willem. Yeah, blindsides Willem. It just stabs him right in the side of his horn. Uh, and he will picks up, he picks up a hand axe to fight back and then just drops it. Yeah. He's and, like, I deserve this. It's like, he it's like yeah he's like he's like i deserve this this is what i deserve and and let me say again um i don't there's nothing heroic there i think this is further evidence of him being inept yeah this is further evidence that he he is just incapable of 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 doing this 
this job of taking care of this family. He would rather just die for the the sin that he perceives than try to survive and, and you know take care of the people he still has around him. Wow, that's a good point. He's like, wow, my sin is so great that I deserve to die even if yeah. it means deserting he, my, my family. That's his holier-than-thou fucking... That's yeah. how deep it goes with him. Good yeah, point. he says, corruption, thou art my father. Yeah. Uh, and then Black Phillip butts him into that huge stack of, of kindling that all just falls and crashes and kills him. Oh, so yeah. he's been... Uh, I think this is a, a really effective moment. He set up his own destruction. Yeah. Like, uh, he, he, this thing that preoccupied him so much is what destroys him. So, Which is exactly what led him to be exiled. Maybe what led him to be exiled of the village in, in the first place is like, the Lord doth lead me to choppeth the wood. And they're like, <laughs> they're <laughs> like, the, we have enough wood. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's fine. And he's like, no, it is my right, my message to choppeth the wood. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Um, and so after after Black Phillip uh, kills him, he just strolls away like a gangster. Yeah, he's, he's just like, like hey, and that's done. And then Thomason walks over to him. And uh, oh my Kath- god, this, this okay. What happens right here is the best part of this movie to me. Awesome. I think it's the 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 just absolute best part. Um, Thomason slowly sort of approaches her father and begins to stoop down. And out of nowhere, Catherine grabs her by the hair of the head and, like, just accuses her of everything. Yeah. That she's the witch. She says, you bewitched thy brother, uh, sluts. Did you not think I saw thy sluttish looks to him bewitching his eye as any whore? Yeah. Um. So, like, um, <laughs> then she says, and thy father next. So, like, she she was feeling such hatred towards her daughter that she started thinking her daughter was also trying to have sex, not only with her younger brother, but also with her father. And is that, too, is that her feeling? Because, again, there's a big mention earlier about how Thomason was coming into her womanhood. Yeah. And, and here's the mom who's clearly, you know, aging and stuff and losing children left and right and then suckling a damn raven. Is this yeah. kind of a symbol of her jealousy? towards Thomason yeah. for being a young, fertile woman. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it seems like exactly what she would want is to be in Thomason's position. Yes. But to, to be herself back in England as a young girl, to feel that feeling again and to not have all this responsibility and all this grimness and just death around her. Exactly, dude. It's fucking right. Ra- and even like the way that their hair mirrors each other then and stuff is very, yeah. I think, very symbolic uh, of that. Okay. And so this, okay, like, uh, there's some scenes that I always go back to that I think of as particularly like had to be very trying and hard for the, the actors involved. Right. Uh, one of those is, is, uh, there's, in the born uh, supremacy, I believe, he has uh, a fight in uh, a bathroom, like really small area. Oh yeah, it's and cool. The, the uh, they shoot it so well, and it, it like flows together so well. But it's so enclosed, and it would have been so hard and so tough to keep some sort of intensity in such a small space. I would think here this would be so hard 
to keep this intensity because her mother, like the way that Kate Dickey plays it, she looks like she wants to genuinely kill her. Yeah, she's and, raging. And just like uh, the way, like it, there's so much like just real rage coming out. Um, it's just this real intense moment. And, uh, the mother, she's just, she's just like wildly swinging at Thomason and Thomason, uh, is just saying over and over, I love you. I love you. It's like, just this, like really, I I guess she's at this point now, Thomason just realizes like, uh, there's nothing holding her back. Like if she, she really does hate me. She really does want me dead. Yeah. I like all I can tell her is I love her. Uh, and then, uh, the, she reaches for something to fight her off and she grabs this, this billock, uh, which is like a, a sort of curved knife used for, uh, cutting at stalks. Uh, and, and she slices her mother's face. Uh, and there's just that shock moment where it's like, oh, you, you just cut my face. Yeah. And the blood is pouring down onto Thomason's face. And there's just blood all over her face. And then the so mom awesome. starts choking her. Brutal. Uh, it looks brutal. Just brutal, like choking. And Thomason finally stabs her several times. It's brutal. And you can tell, too, like, as she's stabbing her, like, she hates that she's doing it. It's just such a yeah. great performance because it's not just like a, it's not like a self-defense, like, I've got to kill you before you kill me frantic stab. It's like a, God damn it, I have to fucking do this because she's going to kill me. Yeah. And and then it uh, it cuts to what I think is the most well-composed shot of the entire film. Oh, it dude. It cuts to just the front of the house and... Uh, it's so perfectly balanced with barrels on the right and the door on the left and, and, and Dead Thomas under the wood pile over there. Yeah. And, and Thomason is, is there with their mother on top of her, just tons of red blood on their white clothes. Uh, it, it's just a beautiful shot. And also like the, the moment where Thomason is now absolutely alone. Like it's so like they show this shot, which is this just sort of muted composition, and the sound is just like yeah, it's just so alone, dude. It's so alone. And she she goes she goes inside, takes off her bloody like clothes, picks up a, a blanket, and just lays her head down on the table and passes out. Yeah. Uh, can't imagine what else you would do. No. She wakes up and it's it's nighttime. And she goes out to the shed, back to the goat pen, to Black Phillip. And yeah. she she conjures Black Phillip to speak with her. He dem- she demands that Black Phillip take physical form and speak with her and commune with her. And then holy fucking shit this scene, dude. It's okay, so uh yeah, he he pulls out his book and says, you know, sign my book. She says she can't like she, she doesn't know how to write. Like you, you don't even really see. This is one of those things that I really love. You don't really see who the fuck she's talking to. No, but yeah, it's, it's obviously now a more of a human 
sort of shadow. It doesn't look like Black Phillip necessarily, but it does. We don't see it entirely because again, they're only using uh, like moonlight coming through Ugh. the broken wall of, so the, of the little goat pen. I almost get the impression that it was like a, a colonial-looking, fancy-dressed guy. I almost saw some spurs in one shot. Yeah. Yeah, and the voice, Thanks. dude, the voice of Black Philip. Once Black Philip finally starts speaking, is insane. I don't know how they did his voice from a sound design perspective because it's not, it's not like, it's not like a Christian Bale Batman voice where it's like it's been run through like a sub octaver and all this crazy yeah. shit. It kind of sounds like they recorded the same guy twice and slightly staggered it. And man, his delivery is so quiet and silky and just, oh my fucking God, his voice is perfect. It couldn't be more yeah. perfect. And he answered questions. He says, what dost thou want? And he's like, yeah. the taste of butter, a fancy dress. And then my favorite line, he goes, would you like to live deliciously? Yeah. <laughs> to see the world holy fuck it's just it is the coolest he basically asks her do you want to live with these human desires and hedonistic wants yeah do you want to see the world do you want to live do you want do you want the taste of good food do you want a fancy or dress? do you want this yeah. <laughs> Do you want to like strive to survive and and be in such an insular position that like any bit of any bit of intrigue or any bit of like worry and suddenly everyone is blaming you for everything. Like, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty sweet deal he's offering. I did have one issue with this because she's uh, she says she can't write her name, which makes sense. Um, yeah, she's like, she says, says yes, I, and he's like, sign your name in my book. I will guide thy hand. I love All that right. line. That's so fucking now, cool. That is it is it's awesome. Um, but what are the rules of Satan now? We know from the devil went down to Georgia that he has a boss. Sure. Because at a point he was in a bind and way behind. <laughs> he he, he owed somebody some numbers. Um, and there are apparently rules that he needs your he needs your signature in a book, but apparently he can guide your hand. Now, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Satan. Where's the line of consent here? <laughs> I love that shot too because he goes, I will guide thy hand. And then, like, as soon as like the last syllable of hand is spoken, uh, there's this sound that sounds like a, a gong being struck. Yeah. And you shoot to her. Oh, out, man. Dude, this shot right. is the fucking most rad she's, thing ever. She's, she's naked right. and she's. Wide shot too. Super it's a shot wide. that we've seen a few times of the of the woods, like showing like how the woods sort of come. They it almost form a wall. Yeah, like it's just like woods, and then and then and, suddenly a thing. What I love too about those woods, as we saw several times throughout the movie, those trees look like they're like damn four hundred feet tall. Like they yeah, the, they look so big. The nature and the scenery in the way that they dwarf the humans yeah. in the movie is crushing and that's one of my favorite things i find this a lot of times in horror movies some of my favorite things in horror movies are the things where you realize how itty bitty and insignificant humans are like the yeah. again i keep using the shining as an example but it's like the way the overlook 
just swallows yeah. those people and just makes them look so insignificant and puny. Yeah. These trees of the woods are colossal and unaffected yeah. by all this bullshit that's going on around them. It's like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. None of this, none of this ever bothers the trees. Yeah. No. Like... And they're huge. And dude, that scene of her naked walking into the forest and Black Phillip as a goat is there prancing into the forest with her under the full moon. And it's moon. only lit by the moon. This is a wide shot. Like, like she's she's easily 30 feet away from the camera. So, like, they had to wait for this right moment where the moonlight was hitting at that exact spot to get this great, just beautiful wide shot. And just to, how fortunate that the goat pranced behind her the way it did, like... It's just perfect. It like sort of zigzags behind her. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Great shot. And so she's walking through the woods now, um, and you can hear this chanting and this just sort of like rhythmic chanting in this language that doesn't sound like which is what i said earlier. Kind of sounds yeah. like the grab the half axe cut off her head. It kind of sounds like that. But it's not that what they're saying, because they're saying some other ancient language. Yeah, and they are, they're just like on the ground, uh, kneeling, they're arching their backs up and down, they're throwing their hair back wildly. And they're they're like naked women, too. They're naked out there. Yeah. Um, also, there are six of them. Say what? Hey. Oh, I wonder if Kelder was there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Uh, the woman they start they start whooping and cackling and then and they start floating and Thomason she she walks she walks right to the circle and and she starts to float and there's this she's got this huge smile like she like what we see here is she starts floating up she starts smiling and then the last shot it cuts it cuts back and you see her like up at the top almost of one of these tall trees and she's in a, like a Christ pose, uh, floating upward. And so this is this is where I get like my my thought behind this movie is that this movie is is a, a story of salvation from an oppressive, anxiety riddled Orthodox religion. Right. Like she is being saved from something that killed her entire family. Right. I, I, like. Did the witch do it? Did Satan do these things? Uh, maybe. I mean, we we get we get early uh, a reference to to Job to the story of Job. Yeah. Uh, and in the story of Job, Job has everything, loses everything except his agency, basically. Like, and, and he has this opportunity to curse God, and he doesn't, and he gets everything back. Yeah, like a new family, new things, etc. And um, the the thing I've always thought about that story, and I think that this movie sort of does, is she's she's like Job. She loses everything. Everything's taken violently away from her when she she's asked God to shine His light upon her, uh, and she's in this moment where she can choose, like. Do I want to go, or do I want to stick my faith with God and say that he'll see me through this? Or do I want to, to give in to the devil who's, who's offering me all these things? And what God has 
given her up to this point is shit. Right. Uh, like Job, he had land and he had like, uh, you know, nice house. He had a big family. Uh, and God comes along and takes all that. And then he, Job, apparently a psychopath, is okay with like just getting a new family. Like, oh, well, you know, I got a family <laughs> still. Like, like she in in her mind doesn't have that feeling of like i can move on from this and still praise god like i can i can just maybe go back to town and try to you know start a new family or something and try to pull the wreckage of my life together she's just like no like i don't want to be in the position of, of having to praise someone who does all of this to me when I just ask him to shine his light upon me. Right. So, uh, and so to, to her, like, this is a great salvation moment, but also the music is eerie. And we do know that a witch did kill Samuel at the very least. We saw that. Here's the thing too, that, yeah. that is, isn't explicitly stated, but is kind of alluded to, as well as, you know, earlier in the movie, we saw that after they, they ground up baby Samuel, that gave him the flying ointment that allowed them to yeah. fly. All these witches are flying. Is that basically from the blood of the twins? Maybe. And here's the thing, too. Whenever whenever Thomason begins to fly, is that because she's been bathed in the blood of her mother? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, that was a, that's a very important symbol, by the way, though, because... Uh, the idea in Christ that the, we're we receive salvation through the blood of the Father. Oh wow! She receives her salvation through the blood of her mother. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, she receives her salvation. She receives this like exaltation through the blood of her mother. Wow, um, that is the thing that finally like frees her of all this, isn't yeah. it? It's like a weird. It's like a complete 180. Yeah. From from Christian faith, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like just oh, yeah, we so see these sacraments, and we get like, I and that, that, that is what the witch's Sabbath is supposed to represent, like the this sort of opposite sacrament where yeah, uh, you're taking the blood of an innocent, but it it wasn't blood offered. Like I mean, Holy Jesus is supposedly taking the blood of Jesus because he was innocent, but this blood isn't being offered to it's you. Taken. Um. So, yeah. So metal, dude. Fuck, this movie's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody is great in this movie. Everybody. It's everybody incredible. involved in it is awesome. It's uh, uh, so perfectly well written, so amazingly well shot. Uh, th- there's nothing about this movie that would ever need to change. No. This movie is absolutely a 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, it is so brutal and unnerving to watch that I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it has the replay value of something like, um, I don't know, just some of my other horror favorites, which I'll watch because they're fun to watch. I wouldn't say this is fun to watch, (laughs) but that's not what you want in a horror movie anyway. Yeah. But dude, it's like you said, it is an absolutely, I think, fucking perfect movie on a performance level, on an artistic level, on a cinematography level, on a symbolism level, so many yeah. layers that you could think of. Um, I see, and, and you know, after after we watched this, I posted on Facebook about how I watched it, and I, I saw a bunch of people 
be like, man, I hated this movie because it was fucking slow. I hated this movie. It didn't follow mm. a linear storyline. Um, a bunch of people, um, which I, I read some more reviews online and stuff about it too. And there's there's yeah. a lot of people that dislike this movie because they found yeah. the dialogue hard to understand. Which actually, after I read that, I did remember that very first time that I watched it when I was like drunk over at, at Lindsay's uh-huh. house. I do remember thinking... I'm having a hard time understanding some of what they're saying. I thought it's because I was drunk. It's because it's it's old timey colonial speak. Definitely watch this one with the captions on. I don't I don't mind that at all. It's authentic. It's fine. I'm I'm about it. But I could see like if I saw this in a movie theater. There's a lot of movie theaters around here that just have really shitty audio systems, yeah, or they crank the audio hard. too loud, and I don't know. It yeah. it would be hard, I guess. Um, yeah, I I think also it's exposure to it. I mean, um, and this, I, I don't want this to sound like some sort of weird intellectual elitism, but like, I think maybe if you've read uh, a bit more where that sort of right. speech is used, it, it just sounds a little more natural. Right. But I, I think, yeah, I can see how that it's still, um, uh, people really have troubles with these and thous and <laughs> things like that. I, I understand. Right. I mean, there, uh, there's no reason why it would sound natural. So yeah, I can get, I get that criticism. That makes sense. I'm kind of in the habit of watching movies with captions on at home all the time, anyway. Yeah. Just because I hate rewinding, like, what do you say? Like, I hate. Yeah, doing that I shit. always use captions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this is one of those ones that I recommend. You know, if you're a caption watcher, I would recommend watching it with the captions on. Yeah. Um, I see people complaining about how it was it was slow, and I think it's seriously just meathead people that think a horror movie equals yeah. a bunch of fucking jump scares where shit pops out and there's a violent screech yeah. in the music. This movie somehow managed to manages to avoid all of that, yeah, and is still somehow one of the scariest movies I've seen in memory. Like I, I seriously just watched this the other night. I'm a grown ass man, and like afterwards. I was like, I, I really felt nervous staying awake. Because, like, where, where where I live at is kind of in the it's woods. It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've got woods and stuff all around my house. And it's, when it's night here, it's pitch dark. My wife goes to yeah. bed much earlier than I do. So I'm just alone up here awake, surrounded by all these woods and stuff. And I felt genuinely unnerved in a way that yeah. I can't think of having felt that way in a really long time. This movie had a profound effect on me. Um, yeah. I think it's fucking incredible. And like I said, I mean, if your idea of a scary movie is lots of gore, lots of jump scares and shit like mm-hmm. that, yeah, this isn't really your ride. You won't you won't get into this. But those are it's my got... favorites. Those are my favorite scary movies. Yeah. Are the slow burns. I mean, I yeah. feel like I saw a lot of reviews too where people are like Man, there's like there's only two scenes with witches in it in this whole movie. Where's the witch? <laughs> and it's like I, I imagine these people if they had if there was like an internet back when Jaws was made, they'd be like, You yeah. barely see the shark. I actually think those people maybe took it so literally that they would be like, You hardly ever see the shark's jaws. <laughs> and it's like that's what makes it so badass, dude. Like the fact that you barely see the witch in this movie keeps you going. Is this yeah. really happening? Like, is this just their hysteria and suspicion? Are they hallucinating? Yeah. Is this? I think it's fucking incredible how you barely see the witch at all. Yeah. 
Um, I love well, it. And, I love it. Yeah. I, I think also in the end, uh, the villain of this movie is, uh, isn't fully entirely the witch. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Cause like, I even, mean, even black Phillip, it's like, is he necessarily a bad guy here? Cause yeah. he kind of did manage to get Thomas away from all these fucking crazies. Yeah. Um, I, it's almost like the, the witch is a force of nature in this. And it's like what we find out is that the Willem's pride, he he thought he could take on nature. Yeah, and right. You can't. You can't take on nature. Uh, and so in this sense, like the the witch isn't entirely like uh, a person or people. It's it's this force of nature that comes from the woods that that keeps. Uh, keeps i guess uh this expansion of the the puritans at bay like it keeps them from from taking out too much of this nature and you know to me a lot of it too is all about the the fear of the power of of women yeah it is. which i would like to say is something that was held back then but is uh something that is still held now <laughs> yeah yeah the power, yeah. the power of the power of the female, is something that has long mystified and terrified males through history. Yeah, and I absolutely, fe- I feel like especially man, especially towards the end of the movie where it's just this commune of of women who are clearly self sufficient, are making yeah. their own without any men present. They they don't need men. And they're naked and they're wild and they're chanting and they're flying and it's just that that notion had to be the most terrifying thing for a Puritan, yeah, know, Christian male back then. That had to be the scariest thing in the fucking world. The general idea of witches back then was these are women who are trying to take away power from men. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, man. And smear them by any means possible. I think. Yeah. I think this movie does an incredible job of, of, of looking at some of those issues in the light that they would be looked at back then. It's it's really one of my favorite horror movies of the past 15 or 20 years. Like I, yeah. I, I think back at like, when I think of some of my favorites in the past, again, 15 or 20 years, I think about this, I think about uh, The House of the Devil by Ty West, which is one of yeah. my favorites. Great one. I think It Follows is fucking incredible. Yeah, love It Follows. I think Cabin in the Woods. Um, uh-huh. One of my absolute favorites. Yeah. I mean, this movie to me is really, it's its really a fantastic piece of horror from this side of the millennium. Can't really think of anything I'd compare it to. Um, wonderful. Love it, man. So, yeah, total, total great, great, great flick. Can't recommend it enough. Well, how about next week we just uh, we just go way back in time? You want to go back and... in that way back rig? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump on the way back rig. And uh, watch The Exorcist. How about it? Okay, so this will be fun because I I am a grown ass I'm a grown ass man, and I I fashioned myself a horror a horror fan a hardcore horror movie fan, and although I've mentioned on previous podcasts a very much late late in life bloomer to horror movies, yeah. this will be my first time watching The Exorcist. Have never seen it. This will also be a special viewing for me because I'm going to try really hard to like The Exorcist. 
<laughs> I, um, as someone who's watched horror movies his entire life, I've seen The Exorcist a number of times. I've never, uh, never found it scary and um, never fully liked it, but I haven't watched it as a, a full adult, which I think is entirely important. If you saw a horror movie as a teenager and you thought it was terrible and everybody keeps telling you it's good, try watching it as an adult. Sometimes you'll start to understand the nature of its horror, and I hope that's what happens with me with Exorcist. So well, We will find out on the next episode of Dead and Lovely. In the meantime, where can they find us on the internet, Steve? Well, you can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com, oh. or you can find us on the Twitters at deadlovelypod. Oh, that dead lovely pod. You guys can find me on the Instagram and Twitter at Ben Eller Guitars. That's all one word, Ben Eller Guitars. Where can they find you on there, Steve? At Steven Spratling, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-P-R-A-T. L-I-N-G. That's fantastic. I think I'll give you a faller myself, Steve. Oh, man, finally. Well, Steve, I had a good time talking with you about this old, this old witchy movie here. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I do wish that the, the... Dude, imagine this. Imagine the movie is exactly exactly as it is. 100% frame, frame by frame, exactly the same, right? Uh-huh. On the very end of the movie, she goes, she finds the witch's coven. They fly. She flies, then screen turns black. Cue, ooh, witchy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. That's the only thing that could have made the movie better. That's my one critique. It needed witchy woman. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.